the Commander's Declassified Podcast. If you have made it this far, subscribe. Spit knowledge tonight. Giving out a good Twitter handle. The Commander's Declassified Podcast. We've got a we've got a big show. Just want to see a good game played by our guys. You know, the win and uh, Commanders will win two hundred and sixty-four to nothing. The Commanders Declassified Podcast. Welcome back, Washington Commanders fans inside the Commanders Declassified Podcast. Your 7-7-1 seven, seven, Washington Commanders are traveling to, or I don't know, are they tra- is it a home game or is it a away game, guys? Home game. This wrong. It is a home, home game. game. Yes. The beautiful city of Cleveland is coming to Washington to play us. They are led by the much maligned Deshaun Watson. They have an excellent receiver in Amari Cooper. They got a defense that can get after the quarterback anytime they want to. Uh, but let me say what's up to the guys. Eric, happy holidays, man. I hope you had a good holiday. How are you? I had a wonderful holiday. How did you guys make out? Did you get everything you wanted in your stockings? Man, the stockings were filled with coal, actually. But you know what? We'll be oh, all right. Yeah. 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 Coal yeah. in the shape of a 37 to 20, right? <laughs> exactly. Big exactly. old lump of san francisco colt <laughs> brian how you doing man uh i'm doing awesome had a good holiday hope you guys had a good holiday i'm ready uh i'm ready to see what these last two games of the year look like it's gonna be interesting and brian's got that big beautiful commander's flag behind him looking sharp oh, man. Yeah. i like that here you go. oh wait there you go Ooh, got, got all got the merch shirt. brian's got a water bottle for those of you on the radio He's got a slick water bottle from the Commanders. And Philadelphia Eagles colors for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's going on with the lighting here tonight, but uh, it's all jacked up. Yeah, he's got a new studio. He's got studio lighting now, uh, you know, a boom mic and everything. But uh, listen, if you are listening right now, subscribe. You can still subscribe while this episode is playing. Make it happen. If you're watching us on YouTube, shout out to you guys, too. Hit that subscribe button, uh, like, comment, what else? Share, do what you do. You guys have been great about helping this podcast podcast grow. We've been doing excellent. Um, man, did we say this on a previous episode that we're in the top 10% of most followed podcasts on audio platforms, especially Ooh. Spotify? So wow. look, we're doing things out here. We're doing things, but we want to keep growing. We want to get the word across and help people know, look, there's this excellent commander's podcast it's called commanders declassified anywho we don't have any bills to pay tonight we're all from our normal read so eric we're just gonna get you full voice tonight on everything washington commanders and let's talk about um the san francisco game for a couple of minutes before we move on to the browns the big news coming out of that game was that heineke got benched in the second half uh carson wentz came back in the game for the first time since the chicago game and I thought he looked pretty effective, pretty efficient. Um, Eric, did you think that that benching was justified? Yes, he was. Uh, Heineke was melting down. It was going nowhere well. You know, the the fumble, I think, rattled him because he came back. That interception he threw, probably the worst pass he's thrown this year. Um, I mean, he, he was throwing to a running back. I think it was Brian Robinson. And there was 
it was nowhere near it was nowhere near the running back. It was literally right to a linebacker that was three yards from the running back. It was a terrible throw, and it was a harbinger of things to come. And I, you know, I was kind of saying last week I was pretty sure we were going to see Wentz this week. The hook was going to be quick. Um, I thought up until that point Heineke actually was playing one of his better games of the season. He was he was doing pretty well up until then. Um, obviously, we know how good San Francisco's defense is, but the team was holding its own. They kind of they responded well. And they put together a really nice drive to start the second half. They went down, got that touchdown pass to Terry McLaurin. Um, but the wheels just came off, and it, you know, a, a change was needed at that point. I was, I was, you know, I'm a, I'm a Heineke supporter, not a Heineke, you know, advocate, but I'm a Heineke supporter. Like I want him to do well, um, and I think he's just as capable of running this offense as Carson Wentz is. But it was time for him to get pulled. I think the, I think the Heineke train has kind of run its course. Uh, this year, I think you, this is kind of what you're always going to see out of him. He's going to come in. He's going to give you a spark. You'll put together a nice run of games, but at some point the wheels are going to come off. And I think these past couple of weeks, that's kind of what we have seen. Uh, and I'm fairly certain we're going to see Carson Wentz as our starting quarterback for the rest of this season, however long that is. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I mean, he essentially did what a backup quarterback is supposed to do. They come give you a bridge until your starter's ready. If they go too long, they start tailing off, and that's what he did. He started trailing off a little bit towards the last couple of games, same thing he did last year. Um, Brian, overall, the run game, not supremely effective. I think Brian Robinson was about 2.6 yards a carry. Jonathan Williams was 4.3 yards a carry, but he only had a couple of rushes. Uh, is that about what you expected against that 49ers defense? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, this wasn't going to be a game where you have, uh, you know, five yards of carry. It just, uh, it, it really wasn't not with this type of defense, the speed that they have on defense and the level of athletes that they have at all three levels of the defense, right? It's not like they just have one really good defensive lineman and that's it. No, they've got defensive linemen, linebackers, secondary, everybody, uh, can play on that defense. So it wasn't a matter of, um, you know, being able to, uh, to gain some yards, but I really thought the, the, the run game there, there there really was no kind of creativity or it was almost an afterthought like it, it felt like the week before they didn't use the run game so it was just like all right here's a couple of carries for brian robinson now all of you can shut your mouth right you can stop complaining about it on social media you can stop complaining about it on the radio um i i ran the football a little bit uh you know from scott turner we had a couple of um fourth and ones third uh and shorts and we give it to Heineke to sneak it. We give it to Curtis Samuel. We give it to Gibson, everybody but Brian Robinson. So very odd approach to the run game. Other runs that were working and like, hey, guess what? You mentioned it. Jonathan Williams uh, was running well. And what do we do? Well, we just go right away from it. So very odd approach to the run game. I think uh, I think you could kind of see, you know, Scott taking back over, getting preparation to uh, to 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 launch Carson Wentz uh, forty pass attempts here again. But uh, very odd to see that running game uh, and kind of what they chose to do with it. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, I, just no rhythm, no flow, yeah. uh, just really, really offbeat. And I think. If you look at what the game plan was with Heineke, he was all averaging almost 10 yards an attempt, I believe, uh, which is anti-Taylor Heineke. Like, that's yeah. not what you want to yeah. do with Taylor Heineke, but they were forcing yeah. the ball down the field. Now, the 49ers secondary is obviously questionable, especially deep, but it, it just felt like our offensive coordinator still haven't figured out a way to make this guy successful or anybody successful to that point. 
Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Wentz came in the game. And I, I what I saw, what I thought was interesting about Wentz when he came in the game was the the ball distribution. Heineke was really starting to favor Jahan Dotson a lot. Um, and you saw sort of a shift between Dotson and, and McLaurin. McLaurin got his still. But Wentz and Curtis Samuel, <laughs> this, you know, that seems to be Wentz is one. And then Dotson is his 1A. And then McLaurin is his B uh in terms of his his personal progressions through the plays that are called for him it's interesting we'll see how that develops nonetheless all right let's go to cleveland and um the browns are winning about 40 percent of their game so they are eliminated from the playoffs we still have a shot we have a realistic shot at the playoffs folks um initially eric when you look at this game give me your three thousand foot sort of perspective on what this game is I mean, it's a huge game for the commanders because they, you know, every game is a, is a must win from here on out. Um, <clears throat> technically, I think that, you know, a win this weekend and a couple of losses by other teams can clinch a playoff spot for, yep. for the commanders. But um, <clears throat> realistically, you have to win your last two games to, to be alive um, because Detroit and Green Bay are coming back. They're getting hotter. Both, are, I mean, you know, Detroit lost last week, but they've been really hot up until that point. Green Bay, the last couple of weeks has looked good the last two games. <laughs> Um, and they're in the thick of it. Now, the commanders have the the uh, not that a tiebreaker matters with our tie, but, um, you know, we do have a tiebreaker over Green Bay, do not have one over Detroit. They do play each other. So if they were to tie each other, somehow that would come into play, maybe. Um, but this is a huge game for the commanders. Um, the Browns defense is, is good. Um, it's not the 49ers. Um, so there's that. The uh, you know, the Browns have a very good pass rush, they're, you know, with uh, Jadevian and Clowney. And uh, Miles Garrett are phenomenal edge rushers. Um, they're kind of soft up the middle. They're not a good run defense, which in theory should play into the commander's hands because that is the strength of our offense is running the football. Uh, we'll see how uh, Scott Turner does that with his new toy cars and Wentz back in. Uh, this is not a game that you should come out and throw 40 times. Not that there's any game that this offense should come out and throw 40 times, but this is definitely not the one because the command the, the uh, Browns pass defense is pretty strong. Uh, they've got, they've got good, they've got a good secondary um, with uh, Greedy Williams and um, oh, what's his name? Minka Fitzpatrick's back there. Greg Newsom's back there. They got a solid secondary. Um, a solid linebacking core with JOK and, you know, what's going on there. But the the, the, the middle of their defense, not great. Uh, and this is a game that they should run the ball. I would like to see them do that. If they do that, they've got a really good chance at winning this game because Cleveland's offense isn't where it should be with uh, thus far with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. Yeah, and that's really the wild card is Deshaun Watson and where he's at with his uh, comeback to the NFL, if you will. Brian, what are you seeing from Deshaun Watson so far? Um, I see a guy who hasn't played football in essentially two years. I mean, he is extremely rusty. Uh, I think he's having to acclimate himself, one, to the speed of the game again, right? Like, you know, the NFL is so fast that, you know, if you miss like one game, right, there's an adjustment period for that. Now take that to the essentially to the next level, right? Two years of not seeing NFL quality defenses, edge rushers, cornerbacks, safeties, linebackers. Um, and then also, you know, how far those defenses have advanced, right? You know, different uh, formations, different coverages, those types of things. Uh, so it, he's very much rusty. It, this is uh, the best time as any to beat Deshaun Watson um, and uh, the Browns, right? You don't want him to have a full season or, you know, 17, 18 games back under his belt uh, where he really kind of 
has a full command of the offense. You know, it's a brand new offense that he's learning or has been learning here these last couple of months. Um, so, uh, you know, you can still see the talent. You can still see the zip on the ball. You can still see some of the uh, escapability. Uh, but there is some hesitation there because, again, he hasn't seen some of these things in a very long time. So this is the perfect time for our defense to put a lot of pressure on him. It's not something we can just sit back and say, okay, our front four will get after him. No, blitz him um, every chance we get, pressure him, let him try to make some of those decisions faster. Yeah, I we're going to talk a lot more about Deshaun Watson in a little while, but I think from what I've seen, he's starting to put it together more and more every game, and the numbers statistically back that up, at least if you're using PFF as your reference, but we'll dive into that more later. Eric, you know what time it is. Let's put your Scott Turner hat on uh, if he was Eric. <laughs> if he was Eric. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do against this Cleveland defense offensively to be successful? Yeah, I would uh, kind of alluded to it earlier. I would run the football um, and I would run it a lot right at them. Um, their pass defense, they've got a pretty solid pass defense. Um, they're, they're top 10 in the NFL in pass defense. They're bottom 10 in run defense. Um, you know, they, they do have a solid secondary. I think I said Minka Fitzpatrick earlier. Uh, it's, Denzel, it's Denzel Ward that I'm talking about, not Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, they're in the AFC and they play defense. So that's, that's good enough for me, but yeah, uh, Denzel Ward's the guy. Um, and, uh, um, Greg Newsom is back there playing slot corner. He's apparently doing a very good job this year. Um, Greedy Williams, I think he might be banged up though. Um, I don't think he's played a couple of weeks, but, um, they're very solid, uh, defensively in the pat in the secondary. And of course the edge rushers with miles Garrett and, uh, Jadevian clown, you know, what those guys bring. Um, but his defense, you know, Teams have run on them this year, and they run successfully. I think you've got to do that. So if I'm this offense, it's a Brian Robinson game. Antonio Gibson's a little nicked up, so um, you know we may see our guy uh, Jay Will a little bit more, and then I would hope yeah. so because the guy rips off six yards every time he touches the ball. Um, so yeah, I mean that's a heavy dose. Those guys are similar in style, uh, Robinson and Williams, and I think that that's a good combination against his defense. Just pound them, pound them, pound them, and then you hit them over the top with play action. Um, <clears throat> again, they've got. They've got good corners, but Terry McLaurin has feasted on good corners all season. I don't see that changing. I mean, he's got, you know, James Bradbury and Darius Slay and Jair Alexander. He's going to claim those guys on his taxes. I don't think, you know, anybody on <laughs> Cleveland's really going to scare him, uh, you know, as good as they are and not no disrespect to them, but Terry's that good. Uh, Jahan Dotson has really come on the last couple of weeks. Those guys are going to be there in the play action game, and they're going to be there when you need them on third down. Um, but this is really this has got to be a 35 to 40 carry football game to really to really win this win time of possession. Don't let uh, don't let Deshaun Watson get back into a rhythm by letting him on the field get, you know, hold the ball for 35 minutes and pound, pound, pound. And I think you can win this game. Yeah, I, I think you are spot on with how we should win this game. However, Scott Turner. He's going to roll you know. out the 11 car, and I think he's just sweet, gonna baby. Start, he's going to start chucking it deep. That's what it's I think there. is going to happen. It's there if you, if, you, if, you, if you build on it, uh, if you set it up, it's there. You run, run, run yeah. on this defense because this defense is going to yeah. have to sell out to stop the run, and the yeah. play action will be there. But Scott just doesn't – It's you know he has to prove that he's smarter than everybody else. So he's just going to come out and start throwing it all over the place with Carson. And our offensive line isn't good. They have really good edge rushers. And our offensive line uh, does not have really good edge rush blockers. So we need to make sure that uh, Carson Wentz is upright and the play action is the way to do that. Yeah. This but we all know that. It's just that our offensive coordinator doesn't know that. 
He does not know that at all. This should 100% be, as you said, Eric, a Brian Robinson game. This is literally the type of game he was born for. And yet, and yet, it's not going to happen. He has, and I, I'm going to say this again because it annoys me to no end. He has two rushing touchdowns this year. That is unacceptable. That is, you have a guy that big and that powerful, and my guy has two rushing touchdowns this year. Offensive coordinator, figure it out. You can't stop. Look, I hated on Brian Robinson as much as anybody. Yes, you did. And uh, look. We have the receipts. I don't think he's elite, right? Um, but you can't stop my man on third no. and less than three. No. It's not happening. You can't. What's different in the red zone? Why don't we ever get this man the ball in the red zone? If you, you, if you think it. about the last two weeks, uh, the previous week against the Giants on a third and three, we gave it to Curtis Samuel. Down by the goal line this past week, we gave it to uh, Gibson. A uh, fourth and one in the middle of the field. We let Heineke. Heineke is a small child. Like he, I, he is a very small child, and we let him try to quarterback sneak it, and it all failed. Meanwhile, Brian Robinson is just sitting on the sideline, hanging out. Like that, none of that makes any kind of sense. But yet, you know, that's that's where we see our, ourselves right now. And and you know what we didn't do on that quarterback sneak? The thing that every other team in the NFL has figured out: the running backs go up and they just start pushing him. Yeah. That you're it's allowed legal. to do that. Do it. It's going to get outlawed. I guarantee you it's going to be illegal next year, but you can do that right now. So let's start doing that. Plus, if yeah. you've got Carson Wentz, he's got a better chance at making that. But you're right. He he called that to Taylor Heineke. You know, and just it's just unforgivable with Brian Robinson against the Giants averaging seven and a half yards a carry that you're going to give a third and three to Curtis Samuel on a jet sweep. Get out of here. <laughs> yep. That should get you fired. Yeah. Regardless of what Twitter experts say, Scott Turner is a crap offensive coordinator. Uh, Ellie, Ellie, uh, on our uh, yeah. Carson Wentz declassified, um, yeah, I think you had asked the question uh, about uh, you know Turner and how they would get along with uh, with Wentz, and I, I made a joke. I was like, you know, Scott Turner has a brand new shiny toy. He's going to show it off to everybody each Sunday. We might never run the football again. I was just joking, but unfortunately, we've kind of seen that play out here, right? The first mm -hmm. six games of the year, forty plus pass attempts. Uh, these last couple of games, we started to move away from the run. Um, so this these last two games, it's only two games, but it's going to be important to see. Are we going to go back to the 40-plus the pass attempts, or are we going to go to what got us that 6-1 and one stretch where we were able to win games? So uh, very important to see what, uh, what this offense looks like. 100% agree. Now, look, Brian Robinson in the receiving game, he had his first, uh, what was it, against uh, Green Bay. Two catches, 13 yards, uh, 6.5 or 6.50 yards of reception on two targets. And then uh, he had a game, he had two catches for, what was that, negative six yards. You know how it is. Uh, a couple weeks, fast forward a couple weeks, no catches, no catches. Uh, week 12, two catches, 20 yards, 10-yard average. Week 13, two catches, 15 yards, 7.50 yard average. Week 15, one catch, 18 yards. Um, maybe get the ball <laughs> to this guy a little bit more in the past game too, because when you do, he's effective, but he just goes chunks of games without seeing a pass come his way at all either. I don't know what's to Scott Turner when it comes to Brian Robinson Jr., 
but he does not have a plan for this man. I'm just going to say it right now. All right. Brian, you're Cleveland's defensive coordinator. How would you attack a Carson Wentz, Scott Turner, Washington commander-led offense? Break it down, brother. Oh, uh, if I'm the defensive coordinator, I am going to make uh, Scott Turner prove he understands NFL protections. Uh, I'm going to be blitzing him. I'm going to be sending my edge rushers after him every chance I get. I don't even care if it's a running play. I'm sending everybody because we've seen over what these last three to four games here, how bad the protection is. We take, you know, backup tight ends, Cole Turner, and we ask them to block Nick Bosa. Uh, we ask just tight ends in general to block star pass rushers. Sometimes we leave those star pass rushers unblocked uh, and give them free shots on our quarterback. So uh, I really, uh, if I'm D uh, Cleveland's defensive coordinator, I'm bringing as much pressure as I can on Carson Wentz, or, you know, we're assuming it's not official yet. Uh, we're assuming it will be Carson Wentz on um you know the washington quarterback uh every chance i get i'm having my receivers uh play tight on or my cornerbacks play tight on the uh the receivers not giving them any robe disrupting some of those timing routes that way we can get uh uh to uh to the quarterback uh in particular there is a monster there named miles garrett he is awesome Charles Leno cannot block him. Uh, I like Charles Leno, but he cannot block Miles Garrett. We need to double him with either um, a tight end or a running back. Somebody else has to help Charles Leno. We cannot ask Charles Leno to block Miles um, Garrett. If uh, if we do, that's not on Charles Leno. That's on the offensive coordinator not helping him because that should not happen at all. The rest of their defensive line is solid. They've got another guy out there, Taven Bryan. Um, a former University of Florida player, uh, very similar to John Ridgeway, a uh, very strong guy, uses his leverage uh, pretty well. Uh, they do have Jadavion Clowney, but he's in concussion protocol, so he may play, he may not. Um, but if he does play, that's another pass rusher we've got to worry about um, who's out there and who can get after the quarterback at any particular time. Um, when you go to the linebacker level, they've got some, they've got a good player at middle linebacker. The Cleveland Browns traded for Deion Jones. Deion Jones uh, was the Atlanta Falcons middle linebacker. Some of uh, Washington fans on Twitter kind of wanted us to trade for him. Cleveland Browns traded a six-round pick for him. He's 28 years old from LSU. He is an excellent linebacker, one of those guys who can run sideline to sideline. Is he as good as Fred Warner, who we saw last week? No, uh, but he's a really good middle linebacker uh, nonetheless. So he's somebody who we're going to have to uh, pay attention to. And Eric basically went over the secondary, but you've got Denzel Ward. He's a really good corner, but we have Terry McLaurin, who's uh, really kind of elevated his game this year in terms of facing top corners. So I don't really expect that to be a problem. Greg Newsom's solid player, but I really don't think he could handle uh, Jahan Dotson right now. Uh, then you've got John Johnson, who is actually a good free safety. He's a really good player. So um, if we are going to take any deep shots, uh, we need to make sure we know where John Johnson is uh, in that secondary because he's a, a good football player. But that's really uh, what it is, right? We saw the first six games of uh, what happened with defenses facing Carson Wentz. So I imagine uh, Cleveland Browns will be no different. They will try to pressure him uh, as much and as often as they can. Man, spot on, man. Spot on. And it's going to be up to Scott Turner to counter what the Browns are going to try to do. Uh, my confidence level for that is not all that high, but yeah. we'll see what happens. All right. The Browns attacking our defense. Let me let me spell oh, this out. I got one. 
I got, I got one note. I wrote this down specifically because uh, uh, so the Browns have a uh, another linebacker by the name of Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa. He is a guy that a lot of Washington fans wanted. He is out on injured reserve. He has only played 11 games this year. He played 14 last year. Jamin Davis has not missed a game and is completely healthy and durable. Um, Jeremiah Wusu Kormoa does seem to uh, to not be available uh, some. So uh, I know there was a lot of debate about him, but I think uh, I think we've got maybe probably the better end of that deal. That's what we said was before the, the draft. Yeah, about JOK it was exactly yeah. that. He plays. So he plays so recklessly and he throws himself into every tackle. And for a guy who weighs 220 pounds, that's just not going to, yeah. you're not going to last in the NFL. And that's what we're seeing. So I'll take Jamin over JOK, even though I did kind of like him too. And I definitely was all in yeah. when he dropped out of the first round. Um, but I think he was a year before he came in the year before Davis though. Did he come in in 20 and not 21? No, I think it was same year as Damon, Jamin. Yeah. So was it, was it? He had a heart condition and fell to the third round or something like that. Yeah. I think it was, okay. It was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah it he, doesn't affect me directly, and it was two years ago. I barely remember what I had for breakfast today. <laughs> yeah, and I think he leading up to the draft too. I think he at one point he was like two oh five, two oh seven. Yeah, and he put on weight going into the yeah. combine and stuff like that. So there's a lot of things, but um, I mean, he's a good player. He just can't stay healthy, but yeah. hopefully he does and he recovers well. All right, Cleveland's offense. Let me put it to you this way, okay? Um, you might look at some of the stats they had under Brissett and say, okay, this isn't the most impressive team I've seen offensively. I thought Brissett did a tremendous job with that offense there. Um, and then Watson comes into play. And, and as you said earlier, Brian, Watson is rusty as an old Cadillac. But you can see there are certain elements to playing quarterback that he's starting to figure out. And he's starting to remember. He's starting to get his groove back a little bit. Um, but what this offense to me is really about is Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is having the best season of his career at this point, okay? This guy is unstoppable, and you know the issues we've had stopping really good running backs and running teams. I'm going to tell everybody listening right now, Nick Chubb is going to have a career day against our defense. Again, not what I want, but this guy is just that freaking good this year let me, let me give you a list of his sort of rushing totals for his games that they played so far 141 yards 87 yards 113 yards 118 yards 134 yards 56 yards 91 yards 101 yards 63 yards 19 yards 116 yards 80 yards 34 yards 99 and 92 yards respectively that adds up to 1,344 yards this season so far, and there's still two games left. 4.9 yards per carry, almost five yards a carry. My guy has 12 rushing touchdowns on the year as well. So if you extrapolate that out, he probably projects somewhere around, oh, I don't know, 1,500 yards rushing, 1,550, and uh, 14 rushing touchdowns, unless he has one of his patented multi-touchdown games against us which is certainly possible. I think Nick Chubb's going to have a banger of a game. I think he's going to get a couple of touchdowns himself. Um, they have a tremendous receiver, and Amari Cooper, the old infamous Amari Cooper who stood us up at the altar when Ron Rivera threw the 100 milli bag at Amari Cooper. He said, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going back to Dallas. 
was actually kind of trash there, got traded to Cleveland. I mean, he was all right, but he got traded to Cleveland this year. And was it this year or was it last? I can't remember, but he, he's been uh, really good this year, especially I see there's a couple of games when Watson's been back. And I think it seems like he's kind of found new life. Amari Cooper's always been a good receiver. He's one of the best route runners in the NFL and always has been. Um, I think he's going to give us some problems. Our secondary has gotten, expo- I don't want to say exposed, way too strong of a term. They, you just see some cracks there in our secondary lately. And I think that, um, you know, there's some real possibilities that Amari Cooper can get free. Now, we'll, we'll, I'm going to jump with this in just a second, but you'll see that this offense doesn't necessarily hit down the field very much. But um, they certainly are capable. Uh, and then I think, uh, other than that, Njoku is a tight end. I had him on my fantasy team. He is wildly inconsistent. I don't know if it's him or if it's the quarterback. I think he's gotten a little more inconsistent now that Watson's back. I thought with Brissett, Brissett targeted him relentlessly, which I thought was great. He's a very athletic tight end, which can be an issue for us. But Watson and and Njoku are still working out that chemistry. So I don't know if he's going to have a really big game against us, but it's certainly possible. Um, So I say all that to say that. I think that this offense with the Cleveland Browns is not clicking yet, but they are very close to a very big game. And I'm unfortunately, I'm a little nervous that big game might be this week. Um, so a lot to look out for there. I am going to bring up some statistics I want to share with you guys. If you're listening on audio, I am going to uh, verbalize these things as well. So don't you worry. Uh, let's look at the passing depth for Deshaun Watson. This is always one of our favorite charts on the podcast. Um, It gives you a a perspective as to where these guys are going to go with the football. So, as always, let's start deep. Deshaun Watson, deep outside left, 20-plus yards, 0-4, and a pick. Deep middle, plus 20 yards, 1 of 2, 21 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Outside right, 0 of 3, no touchdowns, no interceptions. That's outside right, plus 20 yards. What does that tell you? Beyond 20 yards is off limits to this Cleveland Browns offense. It's not happening. They don't do it. And when they do do it, they don't do it well. This is Deshaun Watson playing. And Deshaun Watson is an extremely good quarterback. At least he has been historically. But maybe that rust is preventing that deep connection. Maybe it's a lack of deep weapons. I don't know. I do like Donovan Peoples-Jones as well out of Michigan. I did want the commanders at that time, the Redskins, to get him. But that's that's, uh, neither here nor there. The The big point is, our deep safeties probably don't have to worry that much this week. It's about what's in front of you that they're going to have to worry about stopping. If you look at Deshaun Watson, uh, he makes his money 10 to 20 yards down the field. Um, in terms of completions, you'll see a lot of his uh, scoring plays actually come pretty close to the line of scrimmage. But uh, 10 to 20 yards, outside left, 7 to 10, 122 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but 111.3 NFL rating. Between the numbers, meaning in the middle, 9 of 13, 143 yards, no touchdown, one pick, 73.6 NFL rating. But that percent completion percentage is there, as is the yardage. Outside right, 10 to 20 yards, 3 of 5, 49 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Now, bring it in a little closer, 0 to 10 yards. Outside left, 11 of 18, 98 yards. Between the numbers, 19 of 27, 147 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. 7-11 on the outside right, 7-11, 28 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. So um, all in all, the outside right is not something I'd be terribly concerned about. It looks like they're more effective in the middle 
and outside left. And then if you look at balls at the line of scrimmage, 303, 19 yards out uh, to the outside left, one touchdown, 132.6 NFL rating. In the middle of the field, at the line of scrimmage, 9 of 10, 61 yards, one touchdown. Outside right, 2 of 2, 15 yards. Again, the right side of the field is not his favorite part of the field. Very similar to Brock Purdy from last week with the 49ers. Um, I think, though, that this data is a very small data set, and that as he starts to mature in this offense, you're going to see him spread the ball around much more effectively like he did when he was in Houston. I don't know what that week is going to be this week, but I got a little bit of a feeling that it's going to really start clicking for the uh, Cleveland Browns this week, fellas. So a lot to be uh, concerned about, if you will, in my opinion. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think you you hit all the uh, the nails on the head there with uh, with Watson, and the big key is he's just getting back into rhythm, and this is the best time to attack him. But something that um, you know, as you were going through that, it just I couldn't help but you know, as you were talking about Nick Chubb and their running game, like you know, at the beginning of the season when we were talking about what were the strengths of uh, of the team going to be. What did we say this one was going to be? It was going to be the offensive line was going to be our strength. It is literally probably our biggest weakness, um, you know, among other things. It's one of our weaknesses. That's not the case for the Browns. The Browns have some excellent offensive linemen. Bill Callahan is there, who used to be here with us uh, a few years ago. Joel Batonio is a Pro Bowl guard. Wyatt Teller is also another excellent guard. They, I think they just gave Jack Conklin their right tackle a big extension like a couple of days ago. Um, their offensive line, like our defensive line, we 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 always talk about is really good. They're going to have their hands full because this entire offensive line, one through five, is excellent. Um, so that uh, that's going to be the tale of this game is who does better, right? Our defensive line versus their offensive line. Um, because if their offensive line does, Ellie, like you were talking about, Nick Chubb, he's going to go off on us. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of that, it's a great segue because uh, look at the Deshaun Watson passing against pressure. Uh, when he's kept clean, his uh, PFF rating is 69.8. When he's under pressure, it's 48.1. So you can ooh. be effective if you can get home. When he's not blitzed, he's about 59.8. And when he is blitzed, he's 68.4. But what that tells you is, when they're blitzing, but they don't get pressure, he's highly effective. So if you miss on your blitz, he's going to start to carve you up a little bit, right? But when you can bring that pressure and you can get home, then uh, you can certainly have some effectiveness. And I think that uh, John Allen and Deron Payne are going to be big for us because that pressure coming right up the middle is really hard to deal with from an NFL quarterback's perspective. And I think those guys have been doing such a tremendous job, excuse me, of uh, doing that this year. Uh, one other thing I want to share with you guys is the passing concept and the effectiveness for Watson. Whoops, there. Okay, so play action pass. He only has a 55.5 rating uh, this year. Now think about this. He's turning his back to the defense, and he has to read the field again. Now that makes sense for a guy with a two-year layoff. He's not seeing the whole field, at least not immediately. He's probably a little slow processing things. But then you see no play action involved. 66.5 PFF rating, 61.3 pass rating. He, uh, when he gets time to look at the whole field without having to uh, look behind him or, you know, hit the run fakes, he can still be relatively effective. Screen passes, 63.0 pass rating. But when there's no screen, and, and we saw this in that other chart, when he's starting to just throw the ball down the field, it's not there yet for him. Or at least it hasn't been to this point. But it is coming, folks. 
forget whatever happened off the field at this point for this conversation at least and uh, you have to remember this guy is a good NFL quarterback and it's going to click at some point um all right Eric three ways to win three ways to lose sir all right, we're going to win this game. <clears throat> As we've already said many, many times, we're going to win this game if we commit to the run uh, and the play-action pass game. Uh, that is going to be huge for us this week. This is a defense that can be run on and will be susceptible to the play-action, and that is how we win this game. Uh, we lose this game if we go back to our Carson Wentz game of early in the season uh, where he's just dropping back seven steps and throwing the ball. We, we're we not going to be able to hold up our pass rush. It's terrible. Uh, it's not going to be able to hold up on that. We're going to win this game uh, if we get to the quarterback with four. I don't care. I don't. I don't care about blitzing this. We're not a big blitzing defense. When we when we have blitz, it's been pretty effective. Um, so I'm not opposed to it. But we we our bread and butter is getting to this getting to the quarterback with our front four slash front five when we run that five man front. Uh, we're going to lose this game uh, if. Well, if we don't, uh, if the offensive line holds up uh, and Deshaun Watson gets time in the pocket, we're, we're going to struggle. Um, you know, it could very well click for this for this week. Uh, we are going to lose this game if we don't figure out how to cover a tight end. George Kittle killed us last week. And I know David and Joker was watching that game film and just licking his chops because the middle of the field was wide open the, whole, the entire second half, probably the entire first half as well. But they 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 started exploiting it in the second half. So we're going to we've got to get that short up. Uh, I'm not sure if that's just the, the coverages we were running, what was going on with that. But the middle of the field was wide open. We got to get that figured out. Finally, we win this game. If our linebacker singular plays well, we got we got some good production out of uh, David Mayo last week. Um, which, you know, anything from him is great. He played a great game, actually. Uh, but you can't expect that every week. Jamin Davis is the guy this week that's got to get home. Uh, I would imagine they're going to do a little bit of spying on Deshaun Watson with him. He's going to be huge in the run game, um, you know, with uh, with Nick Chubb, as good as he's been playing in that offensive line. If they're opening holes, Jamin Davis has to be there to fill those holes. Uh, and I think he's up to the task. So I think that is going to be the key to the game. Um, Jamin Davis, the linebackers in general, are going to have to play really well to win this game. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. Uh, Brian, if you had to give us a key to the game, what would it be, sir? Uh, well, the key to the game, I think this kind of goes with uh, what Eric was saying there, our secondary. Um, tell me how much we missed Cam Curl. Um, Cam Curl misses last week and all of a sudden tight ends are catching touchdowns. I mean, on that play that Kittle got, there were two guys wide open deep in the middle of the field. Like they just had no idea. Um, you know, what was going on back there. And that's part of Cam Curl's, um, you know, what makes him a good player is that he tells the other guys what to do, where to be. Uh, we heard Derek Forrest after the game say he misread something. Well, usually that doesn't happen because, you know, Cam Curl's there to tell him what he needs to actually do. Um, so we need to get Cam Curl back because the secondary is not the same with uh, without him back there. Uh, and it was obvious against uh, San Fran. Uh, so I think that's that's going to be one of those uh, big keys. Uh, I think the, the next big key uh, to this game is – you know, uh, are we going to go with that run or are we going to go with the uh, the pass? Uh, and I unfortunately think we're going to go pass and I think we're going to pass it a lot because, um, you know, that's we have a pass first offensive coordinator. That's what he likes to do. It's his nature. And he he's not shy about doing it and he has the authority to do it. Um, so I think that's uh, those those two things. we got to get Cam Curl back in the secondary. And uh, what are we going to do on offense? And I think, uh, unfortunately, it's going to be a lot of passing. Yeah, Absolutely. Eric, you brought up Jamin Davis. I want to point out something interesting with him. Do you guys know that he has 68 snaps as the slot corner this year? 
uh, 40 snaps as D-line and 658 snaps in the box. Uh, he also has one snap at free safety. They have been uh, – oh, 10 snaps is wide corner. But the, the slot corner where he's, he's matching up against that first-team receiver, that happened 10 times in week 15 and five times in week 16. So something interesting there. Uh, you know, Jamin Davis is also interesting because it seemed like, to me, he got out to a really good start. Um, and then it felt like he faded. But PFF says he still remained pretty consistent. And maybe it's that consistency that's kept his name from really being called. He's just kind of, you know, doing what he does. Um, I do notice that they had him at middle linebacker uh, as his position in week 12 and week 13. And then he's been at will linebacker in 15 and 16 where he's graded out extremely well there as well. So he's a a natural weak side linebacker. I mean, that's where he, that's where he needs to be. Yeah. yeah, I think they've got Bostic and Mayo basically playing the other, the line, the other linebacker opposite him and they don't really have a Sam linebacker. I think they've just got the mic and the will. Um, And, you know, his natural position as well, that's where he needs to be. He can probably play a little Sam. He struggled in coverage early on, but he's gotten much better. Um, I think he can keep up with tight ends, but I think if you got Cam Curl basically playing that third linebacker spot, that's a no-brainer to put him on a on a tight end. Yeah. Um, he's big enough and he's fast enough to to cover most tight ends. Um, but yeah, Davis, I think is having a he's having a solid, if not spectacular, year, um, and he's just miles ahead of what he was last year. Yep. So I think he's only going to improve, you know, in years to come. Ellie, how many how many snaps did he have at slot corner? Sixty-eight on the year. Yep. 68 on the year. And, and that just, you know, it makes me think back to the Dallas game and to the Detroit game where we had Jamin Davis lined up on the other team's number one wide receiver, C.D. Lamb and um, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, and both went for touchdowns. And uh, that's that's not at all on Jamin. That's on the scheme. Like, how do you have your linebacker matched up? Um, and, and I get it. Maybe there's, you know, one or two times where they the offense kind of uh, they get you right. They out scheme you and they put um, your middle linebacker in that type of position. But that just can't happen. Sixty eight snaps. That seems like a very high amount to be putting him in the slot like yeah, that. I don't Especially with as many defensive backs as they play. They, I mean, they've yeah. always got five or six defensive backs in the game. I mean, I, I, uh, I mean, a lot of times it's be... five linebacker or five yeah. linemen, five defensive backs, and Jamin Davis. Uh, and he still, right. you know, ends up in the slot. But, you know, a lot of that, like you said, is scheme, I think. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of times it's just they'll motion a running back out and he'll have to go out and he'll have to go with them because they're in a man. You know they're in man coverage or something like that, or they or they don't match up for with for whatever reason with what the offense puts out there, um, and he ends up on a slot receiver. It's kind of stinks, but um, sometimes it happens. But sixty eight times seems like a lot. Yeah, uh, agreed. That uh, hopefully Jack Del Rio doesn't let that happen again this game. It's going to. All right. Um, yeah, Eric, give me your score and how you think the game's going to go, man. I think this is a, a, a shocking, a low-scoring game. Um, I don't think either team gets to 20 points this week. I don't think Deshaun Watson is is going to have his breakout game. Um, and I think that this defense will do a good enough job on their running game to keep it low-scoring. Um, offensively, I see another two-touchdown, two-field-goal type of game. Um so I'm going to go with a mixed, missed extra point because that's what we do. Uh, I'm going to go 19 to 13 commanders this week. 
Okay. All right, Brian, what say you? Uh, I think this is a um, uh, unfortunately the the Browns come out on top here. I think they race out to a uh, a lead on us. Um, you know, maybe a fourteen nothing type lead. I think we have to throw it, and um, I think uh, Carson has a bunch of yards, three hundred plus. Um, I think we end up the day with twenty one points, all passing touchdowns by Carson, but the Browns score twenty eight and we lose. It's twenty eight twenty one Browns. Unfortunately, I don't want it to be that way, but that's just the feeling that I'm getting. Okay. I'm, I'm feeling a, a pass. We're, we're just going to chuck it deep. Now, this is the same guy that said nine to seven last week, and uh, it was like 58 to seven. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no. Yeah. I felt, you, I felt you, a little bit better last week. I don't feel as good this week. <laughs> I think uh, that this is a game the commanders are going to win. Pretty easily. I'm going to put it that way. Um, I think the Browns are all in for 2023 as they should be because they will probably be Super Bowl contenders next year. Um, that every year. Yeah, but they got a quarterback. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> okay. okay. So I'm going I'm to I'm I'm give the commanders 42 points this week. 42 uh, points? <laughs> what? We haven't scored 42 points in December. I, I was pretty close <laughs> last week to my score. I'm going to roll with this one. It's going to be 42 to 32. The commanders what? get the dub, lock in a playoff spot, and then we'll figure it out from there. You heard me. 42 Washington commanders to 32 Cleveland Browns. And 42 I think, to uh, 32. Yeah, yeah. Wentz is going to go for 420 this week. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he's gonna go for uh Cleveland fans that watch this. He is L E. Yeah, Eric has nothing to do with this. At declassified, at declassified, <laughs> uh, Yes, yeah. Three touchdowns for Wentz. Brian Robinson Jr. gets two touchdowns. Um, and I think the final touchdown will be scored by J- J- Jonathan Williams. You heard it here first. Um, get Jay Will in the end zone. Let's do yeah. it, man. Let's do that. Yeah, it would be guy in the end zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Nick Chubb scores every touchdown uh, for the Browns, except for one rushing touchdown by uh, Sean Watson. They're going to remember yeah. they have Kareem Hunt on their roster. Oh, that's right. They, they don't. Yeah, I don't understand what's going on in Cleveland, but I mean, I'm pretty sure Kareem Hunt's good. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. Don't so if you're you got fan, an amazing one-two punch there, but you just don't put that guy on the field. Don't yeah, start this week. Don't start this yeah, week. Like, don't don't let it happen now. But if you're a Cleveland fan watching this, tell us why Kareem Hunt is not being used more. I recognize that Chubb is having a tremendous year, but you got to find time for both of those guys. At least it feels like you should be able to. Um, Eric, final thoughts. Um. 42 points is an awful lot for, for this offense. I, we could play a team without a defense, and I don't think we'd get to 42. <laughs> um, but okay, man. Now, this yeah. is a very much a 19-point offense, and this is going to remain a 19-point offense uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, I just hope we can hold the we can, we can hold the Browns uh, under said 19 points. I think they can this week. They've been struggling to score points. Um, albeit against some good defenses the, the past few weeks, but uh, newsflash, we have a pretty good defense too. So I think 19 13 is, is, a, is a safe score. Wouldn't surprise me to lose this game, but I think that this is a win for us. All right. 
Brian, final thoughts? Final thoughts. Our coaching staff does not learn lessons very well. Our offense has been trending more towards the pass over the last couple of weeks. And I think, uh, I, I think, uh, we're going to see a lot more passing. I think the first run that gets stuffed in the in this game on Sunday, um, Scott Turner is just going to say chuck it, and he's going to throw it every last play. Brian Robinson will have like four carries by the end of the game. Uh, Curtis Samuel may be the leading rusher in this game uh, <laughs> because we're just going to throw it. Carson's going to have some great numbers. Yeah. He's probably going to have uh, three TDs, maybe a pick as well too. But uh, it's it's twenty eight twenty one. I just I see a lot more passing coming. Brian Robinson's going to have 86 yards on four carries <laughs> <laughs> and no touchdowns because that's yeah. What yeah. yeah. Get the 86 yards in the first quarter yeah. and we'll be back and on the get, field. Yeah. 22 yeah. yards we'll, we'll carry. And, uh, yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. And then they'll stop giving it to him. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, if you want to make the playoffs with this team, this is an absolute must win. You do not want to lose this game or it gets real ugly for your playoff hopes real quick and you never want to leave your playoff life up to your division your division long-term rival the dallas cowboys and and <laughs> they hate us as much as we hate them and they are not going to lose to us just so that we can make the playoffs fellas so um all right if you've made it this far please subscribe as we said at the beginning of this podcast we'll be back after the game with all of our thoughts to provide that to you guys. We certainly appreciate you riding with us in 2022. Stay locked, stay loaded, because plenty more is coming in 2023. It only gets better from here, people. So make sure you're locked in, subscribe, whatever else you can possibly do, make it happen. We are out of here. Let's go get this W against the Cleveland Browns. Thank you for listening.